Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for a 24 recap. We are up to the episode of 24 that everybody remembers. The episode 11 of season 2. The time of 6pm to 7pm that was written by the Gil Grant, directed by the Frederick King Keller. And this week we have to talk about a person and an animal, which, um, yeah, we'll, uh, hmm, don't know how I'm feeling about this today. <laughs> My name is Ben and... Uh, my name is Colin, and what if you were, like, stuck in a trap in the woods, like a cougar was trying to eat you? Would you podcast about 24 season two then? <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad I discovered that uh, was a thing, um, <laughs> that even other TV shows make fun of this. We're at the cougar episode of 24. Um, it sneaks up on you like a cougar, but we're here. Um, I just want to say that you would think that you would go into this going, okay, it's it's one scene, like it's, it's, it's going to be fine outside of the cougar stuff. It really isn't. This is a pretty bad episode. <laughs> I can see why that the the cougar gets a bad reputation because everything else around it is like the poo it left behind. Um, I don't know how I feel about this because I wanted to come into this guy like the cougar's not that bad. Like I've never gotten the deal with the cougar. Cougar's really not that bad. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> it's kind of shit. Um. Hmm. Yeah. Uh. Colin, the Cougar episode of Twenty Four. We are here. <sighs> All right. Thank you for joining us. Now, episode twelve, season two of Twenty Four. Um. I. I mean, you really hit the nail on the head. I don't know if I'm going to try my hardest to defend some things about this episode, just despite the the hatred for the Cougar. Uh. It, it's one of these scenes that like sticks in your mind for nineteen years now. Uh. You, Everybody remembers this. And, and the funny thing is, I would like to say, okay, I'm just buying into the whole internet hatred and stuff like that. I didn't realize that there was a hatred behind this until probably 10 years after this episode aired. And yet, when my brother and I would watch 24, we'd always bring up, oh, yeah, I remember Kim was attacked by a cougar. Uh, but it almost does take on a life of its own. Like, if you don't watch this, you remember it back in your, oh, yeah, and then the cougar was right in your face. And Kim was like, no, cougar, don't attack me. I'm just a little girl. Uh, it's so yeah. But it really is so nothing in this episode. But that's part of the problem. And I'm so glad that you found the article with very extensive interviews behind the scenes interviews with everybody involved in the making of this talking about the Cougar. Uh, Cause there were things that went wrong that kind of contribute to this being worse than 
it could have been or, or maybe better than it could have been. I don't know. But uh, I, I wish that there was a lot of other exciting stuff happening around it. But there isn't. But I'll, I'll try my hardest to be positive. I, I'm actually going to save Kim for last because I yes, actually oh, we feel to. we need to because all jokes aside and everything we're saying right now, th- this is probably the most infamous scene in all of 24. So I feel we mm-hmm. need to give some context and talk about it, even though Kim literally has one scene in this episode. <laughs> so uh, it is important for us to, I think, save her for last for once, uh, <laughs> even though we generally want to get her over and done with. But uh, unfortunately, I feel this week we can't. Let's get the Palmer drama out of the way because... I just want to say this right now. I love David Palmer. I love Dennis Hayes, but what a man. Just, you know, president and all that sort of stuff. But holy crap balls, he's a terrible president. Um, oh, yeah. Because let's let's summarise what he does in this episode, okay? He stands around staring at Roger Stanton. Mike comes up and he's all like, so the evidence we've got, yeah, it's, it's not concrete. We're not going to be doing it. Why? Why isn't it enough? Because it really isn't, Why? Sir. <laughs> Why? Because we can. <laughs> like, and so he's questioning the fact that, you know, he's gotten his uh, chief of staff to, to check into this, done his job. Good on you, Mike. Although then Mike kind of goes, how about this, sir? Why don't you just, like, arrest him and then we'll just worry about the legal shit tomorrow? And Palmer's <laughs> like, okay. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> good old Palmer doing stuff for himself. So then we've got this, like, overdrawn, dramatic, like, tent scene where Palmer's sitting in his desk just all chilling and then Stanton's trying to access like his only fans or something but it's access denied <laughs> access denied and then kind of he's looking all sinister like and then all of a sudden everyone's staring and then the military men come in in their uniforms and like Roger Stanton you're under arrest for treason and he's like what are you talking about and then they stand up like get your hands off me like it's so like this this honestly feels like it should be in a scene of days of our lives um like, I demand to speak to the president it's like, I'm sure you will. And then everybody <laughs> walks out and they're staring at him. I love how every single extra in the background is literally holding a folder. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I guess some of them are doing their job. Again, can, let's just reestablish a nuclear bomb is due to go off in Los Angeles today. But Palmer only cares about arresting this guy who may or may not be evil. Um, so, okay, cool. You've got your man, Palmer. You, you've thought, okay, great. You know, you're detained the journalist dude, you got rid of the other guy earlier on. Sweet. Okay, now you asked him some simple questions before, okay? Cool. But when your chief of staff says, Mr. President, when you get him, you may have to do some things which are not necessarily agreed upon in the Geneva Convention. Okay. So literally Palmer walks in there and is like, what do you know about the bomb? And Stanton just doesn't say anything. I'll tell you what, Stanton, I'll, uh, I'll let you tell me the truth. And I'll let you retire with your pension. You will be exonerated from this. I'll give you a house. I'll give you any A-list Hollywood celebrity you want. And a new car. (laughs) You can have a new car. You can have the Miami Dolphins. You can also have Azerbaijan. But all you have to do is tell me right now who has the bomb and where is it. I don't know what you're talking about, sir. <laughs> Get me that new guy who's not the torturer guy. Get me the guy from Desperate Housewives to come in and torture him. Like, why does Palmer just go, Grr, Stanton? And then, like, basically has, like, a covert meeting with freaking Eva, uh, not Eva Longoria, Marsha Cross's husband, 
from Desperate Housewives. He's our next Desperate Housewife husband to appear in 24. Uh, we've had three of them now. Uh, wait till we get to um, Felicity Hoffman's husband next season. Not William H. Macy, sadly, but uh, all all the husbands of our four main Desperate Housewives, of course, appear in 24. So uh, what does Palmer do? He's like, hey, you were in CIA, weren't you? Yes, sir. I heard you did some torture and shit. No, I didn't. It's all right. You can tell me. <laughs> okay, I did. I want you to do that in Roger Stanton. Okay. Uh, and, like, next minute, he's, like, fucking put Roger Stanton in a little tub of water and he's, like, putting electrocute paddles on him and then Palmer's just sitting in his office getting off on this. Like, he's <laughs> terrible. Like, like, what world do you question a person and then just automatically torture them? Jack Bauer, next episode, at least takes half the episode before he starts killing Saeed's family. Like, I mean, Palmer's literally two seconds in. Like, Jesus, I'd hate to be in their divorce um, court hearing. <laughs> Sherry. <laughs> Nicole, whose side are you going to be siding with? I can't tell you that, Dad. Get me that guy from Desert Housewives! <laughs> like, this is what makes this episode so bad. It's not just the cougar. Like, I love Palmer. I absolutely love him. If you rank your top five 24 characters, he's probably easily in your top five. He really is. But, like, seriously, like, I'm sure even Bush, when he, like, kidnapped people in Iraq to, f- to find out where Bin Laden is, at least gave him a day or two to give up <laughs> some information. He literally waits ten minutes. He gives him one question. Tell where the bomb is. No. Okay. Torture him. Like, yeah. for fuck's sake. Uh, again, while a nuclear bomb, like, if you want to make this work, literally have it so it's like Sayedali next episode where you know he knows something. We still mm-hmm. as an audience barely know if this guy's evil or not. We've got like one or two things that you're loosely connecting him to. Oh, he's in, and you've got this thread line of people in your presidency against you. Now, we love Sherry, but the audience doesn't love Sherry. The audience mm-hmm. doesn't trust Sherry. We're only learning this from Sherry. So like, and we know Sherry's kind of evil because she's working with Stanton. So like, it, it doesn't make sense that Palmer goes from zero to 100 and tortures people straight away. And again, a nuclear bomb is going off and he's too concerned about torturing the guy who was Mr. Bean's uh, friend's <laughs> boss and he's going to be a pedo in third watch instead of trying to find where the bomb's going off. Oh, my God. This this just like, it's not just the cougar, people. This episode <laughs> is terrible. Yeah, it's, uh, there's so many problems with this. Um, the one thing I will say I appreciate is I appreciate if this was their goal to show no, really, there's no politician that's completely innocent. Like, it, it doesn't matter if you're Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, um, <laughs> Protestant, <laughs> whatever the parties there are out there, Azerbaijanian, Yemenis, uh, they're all going to commit Quebec one. <laughs> Bloc Quebecois, yeah. Hey, Green that's my party. party. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, like, they're all going to resort to these measures, but, like, when you have a hero president, like I like that they're going the route of showing, yes, there's a dark side to David Palmer. He's a president. There's things they have to do that people won't agree with, but have it make sense. Like we watched David Palmer earlier in the season when they were talking about just detaining a reporter, putting him in a heated room, giving him coffee, <laughs> a bagel. He was like, no, I don't think this is right. And meanwhile, we want to detain the director of the NSA and electrocute his brain (laughs) 
all in the course of one hour, he's like, do it. <laughs> yeah, he literally <laughs> says, he literally says, yeah. do it. <laughs> it's, it's an actual lie in this movie. Do it. It's, it's, it's so over the top and just, it's, it, there's no logic to David just jumping to this and Yes, we're going to sound like hypocrites because we're saying, okay, we want a sense of urgency. A bomb is going to go off. But they don't have evidence that Stanton has any information on this bomb. The only thing they know is that he has some information and he is preventing them from finding out more. He's concealing certain things, certain evidence. There is no reason for them to believe he knows the location of a bomb. I mean, they didn't go out there and do torture on uh, you know all the all the other people who've been involved in this so far they didn't torture you know half of the terrorists that they've captured this they're not torturing bob and reza and marie and kate uh yet they want to basically wipe the memory they want to perform a lobotomy on roger stanton a guy that they are going to end up taking heat for because he's politically connected. And do they believe that if Stanton's involved in this, there's not other people who are going to have his back? Like the fact that he is the 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 end all of everything is just completely illogical. Uh, I will say I like uh, the actor here. And uh, I was aware that Stephen Culp was in Desperate Housewives because uh, I was a fan of his before he did Desperate Housewives. And it almost drove me to watch Desperate Housewives because he was in it. Uh, he he was probably most well known for um, the movie 13 Days, which I'm a massive fan of, which is about the Cuban Missile Crisis with uh, uh, I was going to call him Kevin Bacon. Uh, no, not Kevin, Kevin Bacon, not Kevin Costner? Bacon. Kevin Costner, Costner. Yeah. And Bruce Greenwood, who played JFK, which is just an amazing movie. And he played Robert Kennedy and basically stole the movie. Uh, honestly, if, if there was anybody who was paying attention to that movie the year it came out, he probably should have gotten an Oscar nomination. He's also kind of like a Star Trek favorite. He's appeared in multiple things in Star Trek. Uh, it, he, it's one of these actors that's really unfortunate. Like He has such incredible talent, but he's never really been noticed. Uh, and I don't know if he was ever like a big deal on Desperate Housewives, but I mean, amazing actor. I was about to talk about him on Desperate Housewives. Quickly, apparently he was in Screen Queens. I don't remember him in Screen Queens, but he's in an episode of that. Um. I was going to say he's probably out of the four husbands, probably my favorite because I just, I kind of like what they, he does with the character. So he's kind of with Marsha Cross's character. who's kind of like, you know, the very up, uptight, like sort of very proper family. Yet he's like just sick of her and like secretly is into all like BDSM and just all these kind of things. So he's kind of like that, like real uptight sort of, you know, hoity toity person who's just like sick of life and just, you know, is a oh, real wait. creep behind the scenes basically. So, so, so he wasn't torturing Stan. He was brought as like, we want you to seduce Roger Stanton. It's yeah. giving you the intel. <laughs> Which I still think is hilarious now knowing that Eva Longoria's husband last season was one of those random CTU guys that literally every single one of the main four women's husbands <laughs> are in 24. Uh, and we'll probably get, um, you know, obviously Richard Berge was quite a, a main one last year, Terry Hatcher's husband. But uh, the one next season, I can never remember the actor's name. He's the, the hotel manager of next season. He's basically, he was um, uh, Seth Felicity Hoffman's husband in that show. So, um, yeah, so like I, I like this. But yeah, I love Stephen Culp. I think it's, I always forget that he's kind of um, in this and all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, because this is pre-Desperate House. I was like a year or so. Mm-hmm. And because I was thinking that same with Daniel Day Kim in this episode as well. And obviously John Terry lost his, what, a year away. So, um, you know, they're both about to be in big ABC hits the next year. Maybe it was, they, maybe all the ABC casting directors were fans of them in 24. I'm like, <laughs> hey, that one episode featuring all three of them. Um, did you, uh, did you think another issue with this though is Harris Eulen being so sympathetic? 
Like, like yeah. his performance is, it, you feel really bad for him. And I think the fact that we already know he's kind of being set up as a fall guy and he, he just has to deal with it. But you add to that how heartbreaking it is to watch him take the fall for this. And it makes it even harder to watch what they do to him. He's, he's, um, cause I was, I was trying to work this out when I was watching this episode, if this was before or after he was on third watch, it was before. Um, but like in third watch, I mean, it's kind of almost a similar thing when you, you know, find out he's a, you know, supposedly a pedophile, you've only just got like these like accusations on him and kind of basically the episode is, um, he's held hostage and basically put on live TV. So basically they take over a news channel and there's this like one of his former, cause he's like the leader of a cult and one of these former cult members basically holds him hostage with a gun live on TV and basically like, you know, tell about how you touched all the kids and all this kind of stuff. So, but he's kind of very similar in that where he's kind of, you almost feel sympathy for the guy, even though clearly he's an evil pedophile in that. Um, <laughs> the one thing I just wanted to point out, I mean, th- we talked about sort of this show, maybe not aging as well. And I've always been one of those people when people talk about 24 and they're like, oh, it was all about torture, it was all about torture, and they kind of really scaled back the torture later on. i got to say, having not watched this in a bit, like kind of almost feel now it does feel a bit dated. Like it just, it is very open on the torture. Like, and it's it's never been something that I've been completely against because I, I get it, you've got to do it and it's TV. But I mean, again, it really does kind of put this in the time frame that, you know, you would never do this now. Um, yeah. And, 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 and it's just... It's not necessarily the torture itself. It's just the quick nature that they got. Like, let's go back to last season with Jack and the towel. That was just the threat of torture. And that was scary. You were like, fuck, I I believe this guy is going to shove a towel down Ted Kofel's throat. And this is like fucking evil. Whereas now it's literally like, you're not going to talk. Okay, put him in water and electrocute him. Um, and then it's it's, it's very Bond villain-esque. It really is. You may as well have him on a table with a laser. And, you know, you expect me to talk. No, oh, Mr. Staten, I expect you to die. Um, and again, we've got some of that next week. But there's a difference with Jack doing it to Palmer doing it. I know that sounds a bit hypocritical, but Jack is Jack. And Jack's well, got to do that. Whereas Palmer... Big old huggy teddy bear. And again, I'm with you. Like, presidents have got to do some bad shit. But again, even I, wow, Ben defends Donald Trump. I can't even imagine Donald Trump would be doing this in half an hour. You know what I mean? He'd be tweeting about it first. Hey, tweet followers, should I torture this guy? Sad. Uh, I don't know. Uh, he wouldn't have had a chance because he would have fired Stanton at this point. You're fired. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Do you know, you know what? Um, see, I was going to disagree with you because. I feel like when you view this show, I've been saying this all season, when you view this show in the context of this was the first thing they really conceived after 9-11. The first season, it came out after 9-11, like barely after 9-11, but they had written the season already. But this being, okay, 9-11 has happened. We want to make this relevant. So doing the Middle Eastern terrorists, doing the bombs and terrorist attacks on, uh, instead of just an assassination, a terrorist attack on American soil, uh, and even the way that they play on Reza, you know, I, I think that that's so appropriate for 2002, 2003. But the problem is 24 never dates itself and they don't address 9-11. And if, if, if they had made that part of the plot, it would make it easier to take, I think, with all the torture, because we know that that was part of the, part of like the, the reaction to 9-11. And, oh, we have to get to the bottom of this. We have to find Bin Laden. Like the movie Zero Dark Thirty, it's probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Like I have watched that movie a dozen times, if not more. But I would say at least half the time when I watch Zero Dark Thirty, I skip the opening sequences, the torture sequence, because it is very hard to watch. But in that, you still have the context of this is 2002, 2003 when they're doing this. 
So I'm not saying you accept the torture, but you accept it a little bit more because you understand the time period. Whereas with 24, they don't make it part of the time period. If, if you're viewing it and you remember, okay, this is when it came out, it's easier to accept. Yeah, and I think that's important because, like, going back to my point where it's not necessarily, not necessarily something I had a problem with because, again, you're watching this in 2003. It's kind of just part of life, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we're all going mm-hmm. around torturing people. But, like, it's – but it, it was. It was still that level of, of fear – around 9-11 and terrorism it's no different to in 20 30 years time when we're watching shows from today and they're talking about the pandemic and and masks and social distancing we're going to be like going well at the time that was very you know important and all that kind of stuff so yeah but i mean it's just it's just maybe because i just haven't watched this in a while you just kind of look at it now and you're like okay well you know and then they they do over rely on this a lot and i will say Mm -hmm. that they do they do scale it back and because they got into a lot of trouble around this yeah. Um, so that's just important to point there. Uh, CTU stuff, blink and you miss it. Um, Jack, I think he's on the phone to, um, Mason at one point talking about what they're doing. Uh, again, nuclear bombs going off, but Michelle and Tony still have time to flirt. And like, <laughs> oh my God. Like, Tony's Carlos really Leonard. the worst in this episode. Like literally, like this is where you have chance to really develop. Like I, I love Tony and Michelle. I think they are arguably the best couple in 24. Um, but the thing that I think they should do with Tony and Michelle is is draw it out more because this is a problem. You've got this possibility to, like, you're showing Jack, you know, how do I live? Like, still hurt over Terry. <laughs> you know, but he's moved on. He's back to CTU now. He's got Kate there. He's horny. Um, we never really see the full effects of Nina on Tony because, yeah. like, we get this, this moment here when they're sitting down and, She's all like, oh, you know, that was inappropriate. And Tony's like, no, 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 it's fine. There's been something between us for some time. And look, Michelle, I've got to tell you, ever since what's happened re- recently, I've made sure I want to keep work and pleasure separate. But you give me a pretty hard <laughs> erection, my dear. So fuck it. I'm just going to, I'm going to take you on this. Like, seriously, he's just literally thinking with his dick. He's just literally like, yeah, no, I wasn't going to do this, but fuck your heart. Like, it's just like, I want to see more of like Tony completely burnt from the fact that he was fucking a woman who turned out to be like yeah. about to nuke Los Angeles. Now he's just like, oh, gee, curly hair again. I'm, um, whoop, Rayco <laughs> Ellsworth. Damn. Like, seriously, like, again, they've got great sexual chemistry, but I, I feel you could drag this out a bit more. Um, I do love the, like, we get like a, what is it? Um, oh, for, they need you in, in the room. Uh, T- movies John Terry's getting angry. So, oh, no, we can't have the boners got to wait. So I love it when Tony's, like, rushing to the room here to see Mr. Water. You've got, like, three, like, random office people are, like, running away like they're the scaredest in their life. Like, ah, Felix Flight is angry! Uh, <laughs> to which he goes in the room and he's like, damn it, you've got to calm down. And he's like, okay. <laughs> it's like anyone can calm him down. It's going to be it's gonna be Tony because he's cool. He's just going <laughs> to... Gonna brush his flavor saver. Wow. <laughs> he doesn't get taken as seriously anymore because he lost the flavor saver. I know he's uh <laughs> he's pulling rank. Uh, <laughs> open a socket with Bob Warner. Uh, maybe my favorite section of this CTU bit though is when uh, Tony's just chilling, and all of a sudden you've got Michelle running down the thing. You literally get Tony. <laughs> <laughs> I love Michelle running Tony. <laughs> It's like, Rick Isles just really has not much to do with this episode except go, Tony! <laughs> and Tony, and Tony's just ever cool, right? Like, she's shitting herself. Michelle's like, oh my God, like, they're dead at the office and Razor's dead and 
We think it's Marie. I turn aside. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Get it with me. <laughs> it's so I got cool. this. I got go, this. Go, go get a sandwich. Go take a break. <laughs> go change your put, clothes. Put your Clean feet up. Go, go get your, go get yourself ready for me, Michelle. I'll be go right. get something more comfortable. <laughs> go, go get cubby. Um, so then, go like, a socket. But, but I, will, I will say Tony is kind of correct here because he calls Jack because Jack he knows Jack is with Kate and Kate is Marie's sister. So like at this point, okay, like automatically jump to conclusions. Marie's the only one who left the building. I mean, God, the terrorists could be waiting in the building, like you know, but whatever. Like we know it's Marie, but hey, cool. So Tony's all like, like, hey, Jack, like. Still with Kate, like, oh, this is a one-ended phone call, by the way. It's like, uh, yes, mum, I would pick some milk up on the way home. Um, and Tony's just like, yeah, so Marie, Kate's sister, she's totally evil. Are you sure that Kate isn't evil too? Which is a valid question. Like, I mean, they barely yeah. know these people. Tony, you suck at your job. I mean, clearly you were, you know, just gender stereotype. Oh, clearly terrorists can only be men. Can't be the pretty white blonde girl from Pasadena, remember? Um, mm-hmm. So which... Again, this should automatically, like, I honestly think they should automatically arrest Kate here on the spot. Like, oh, because yeah. Detainer, at least. Like, they sh- literally had no clue that Marie was evil. So, therefore, how could they not know Kate is? Like, I mean, that would have been an amazing, spoiler alert, Kate's not evil, but, like, it would have been a great twist if they were working together. Um, mm-hmm. So then Jack's like, no, I'm sure. Like, Jack's thinking with his boner all of a sudden. Like, again, Jack's not even a CTU agent at this moment, hasn't been reinstated. So, therefore, Tony should be like, I'm pulling rank. We're bringing her in for questioning, like, no, Jack, you're going to end this operation. Like, I get it. They've got to get Sayadalee. She's got to, you know, uh, 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 what do you call it? Look at him. Find out who he is. <laughs> She's um, got to, like, look at him. <laughs> yeah. which I love kind of Jack getting mildly suspicious over Kate, which I guess we'll talk about. But um, And then what? we got one more scene of Tony going in and just basically being like, hey, Bob, yeah, Ray's is dead. And so is Agent Jenkins and Jimmy. But another news. Marie's evil. And then just walks out, basically. <laughs> and Bob's like, you're lying. No, no, it's not possible. It can't be true. Search your feelings, Bob. You know, <laughs> you know what no, to be true. No, no, You're using this against me. Uh, in my ICTU is evil. <laughs> <laughs> you have done that yourself, Bob. <laughs> Can everything be related to Revenge of the Sith? I I see through the lies of Agent Baker. (laughs) (laughs) Tony, I've got wonderful news. (laughs) You turned him against me. (laughs) Hello there. Uh, (laughs) General Omega. Uh, So anyway. I can't wait till next when we get to see Jack killing younglings. (laughs) (laughs) He he killed at younglings. Um, <laughs> so that's basically CTU. Um, Tony! <laughs> Tony! <laughs> She's going to be hanging out with me the rest of him. For God's sake, Tony! <laughs> For God's sake, Tony! Bob's innocent! <laughs> God, Harris Marie! <laughs> I hope that made our best up. <laughs> oh, it did. It did. <laughs> Oh, I already heard it, so how did I not know that? Yes, that uh, was anyway. last year, Colin. That was <laughs> yeah. last year's best of. We're in 2022 now. Uh, I mean, really, the Tony Michelle stuff, like, yes, they were on to something, but it was executed really, not the whole thing. I mean, them just having that, you know, unspoken attraction thing, that works. And 
I really feel like if we just waited until they have that big moment later in the season, it would have had more impact than them just every week and a half <laughs> just going back and forth. Yeah, you know, so I still want to go to that movie, but <laughs> but like you're you're a hundred percent right. Like, <laughs> It's kind of that bomb thing. Might be a problem. We might have to might have to like go out of town, maybe go up to Frisco or something. Cause I'm guessing some of the cinemas might be out of uh, out of action yeah, for the next few what, years. What if we pick a theater that's outside <laughs> the blast radius? Mason's not gonna know we're gone. Uh what's playing at this time? What what movie are Tony and Michelle gonna see? Oh, uh, you in, keep talking. I'll find out. Uh, I'll find, find out, out the release date of this episode. I wanna know what movie they're seeing. <laughs> um, but uh yeah, you're completely right. Like, we don't really have Tony Rackley. I'm not saying that him losing uh, Nina is going to affect him the way that, you know, Jack losing Terry did. But at the same time, like Jack had a happy marriage. Tony basically found out that this woman was only sleeping with him and using him basically to get to, you know, uh, well, was she, no, that's an interesting question. Why was no Nina sleeping with Tony? She had, she wasn't getting any Intel from him. Rebound. She outranked him. Jack rebound. But like even Jack, it was, all part of her mission, I'm assuming. So maybe she legitimately was it's never, into Tony. It's never, I'm guessing it's probably clarified further in, say, some of the novels and the, and the other media. <laughs> the Senate but hearing. The Senate hearing. Uh, I don't think there was a mini game in the game where you got to, like, fuck Nina and find out why. <laughs> but um, I, I'm assuming it because, yeah, it's never, I don't think it's ever fully really explained if that's what Nina's doing, you know. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it's assumed, of course, it, it makes sense. But, um, yeah, because I don't think you ever get a line where Jack says, like, you only slept with me because you wanted to get my secrets or something like that. You know that I've got codes on my dick. Uh. Well, what if what if there was, like, that scene in Ace Ventura where everybody, the, the uh, Finkel, oh, Finkel is Einhorn's a man or whatever, and you just see Finkel's everybody Einhorn. throwing up. What if, like, when the Nina reveal happens, Tony's like, no, and then Milo's like, no, and Mason's like, no. Like the crying games playing in the yeah. background. Paula's in the background. No, not Nina. <laughs> I thought she loved the me. cougar. <laughs> <laughs> Eli's like, that's my kind of woman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, really, what does this sequence have or this this um, CTU storyline other than the the Bob Warner, which? What do we even get out of Bob Warner? Like, why is it, we have characters that are written out of this season, like Armis, <laughs> where we want to know a little bit more. We want to, okay, what's the deal with this guy? Why did he do this? But with, what's his name? I've forgotten his name. John Terry? Bob Warner? John Terry, yeah. Bob Warner, yeah. With Bob, like, okay, I don't feel like there's anywhere else to go with him. And they have this big scene. And I, I do love his reaction. It's a trick. It's a trick. You're trying to <laughs> trick me. It's a crap. <laughs> It's a trap. You're trying to trick me and I don't like it. <laughs> he just throws this bit of a tantrum here. But then all of a sudden, nowhere is like, we're going to find out later on. He's going to, yeah, okay, so let me tell you everything about my daughter so you can go kill her. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't really react in the way he should. And he's not really giving any relevant information from this point on. Like, I don't think we need Bob. I mean, it, it might have actually, and I'm also wondering if they should have just had Bob killed off as well, you know? Yeah. If if him and Reza have to go together to unlock these files, and then yeah, Marie have to kill both of them. Maybe that would have been more effective. It's um, I think like I mean, the only reason he's in it is to I guess kind of be the oh, who's evil? Is it is it Bob or is it Razor? And then it's Marie, mm. and like and it's done now. Yeah, like I think in the lead up to this point, it works beautifully because again, you do not see the Marie twist coming. But yeah, you're right because like he's literally after this episode only. I mean, he's in next week. 
He's in like one more episode, and then he's randomly in the last episode of the season, and he's basically he's nothing. Although I'm reading, mm-hmm. I'm reading here uh, trivia. Should have pointed this out one earlier. The house in which the Warners lived in used to be owned by Bing Crosby and Andy Griffith. There's a fun oh. little fact for you. Before I tell you the movies, one other little thing I wanted to say about this CTU when I, gl- I glossed over uh, is Mason telling Jack finally about Kim missing. Um, <laughs> oh, Jack's not even asking. Yeah, <laughs> how many well, weeks like, in? George, George is literally like, uh, hey, so Jack got some news. Um, so about Kim, who? Your daughter? Yeah, oh, yeah. my daughter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she She's still with that family. She's missing, Jack. Oh, murder. That's right, murder. <laughs> Damn it, George. Why haven't you found her? Um, and I love George yelling at Tony. Like, Tony's on the phone to, like, the local sheriffs and is just like, hey, so, you know. But, like, where's this? I, I don't get this storyline because George is all like, uh, we sent some agents there, but some, like, sheriff wanted to get some, you know, pull some rank. Like, they, the sheriff department didn't know the CTU guys were coming because they would have waited. This guy was nice. Like, didn't yeah. he say, like, oh, we tried ringing CTU or whatever. We They didn't tell us anything, so we're, we're moving you. So, like, did George really, really – fucking law departments on goddamn nuclear bomb day are not really uh, communicating much. But um, I do love George yelling at Tony, like, and he's, like, choking himself up at the top of the stairs. Um. <laughs> On that, at the cinemas, on uh, so this I didn't mention this episode aired on the fourth of February two thousand three. Obviously, probably not the day that this was set because I believe this is a Saturday. Um, but uh, the recruit was the number one movie on that day, followed by Final Destination two, Chicago, Biker Boys, Lord of the Rings, <laughs> Two Towers, Catch Me If You Can, About Schmidt, Darkness Falls, The Hours, and at number ten, Kangaroo Jack. Oh, hey, that's hey, what they're going to see. You, you want to go see this movie? It's about a kangaroo. Oh, Jack. Jack, yes, Jack. Damn it, I'm a kangaroo. Uh, <laughs> what's that? Jack Bauer is a kangaroo. Jack Bauer-roo coming soon to cinemas. Um, did I mention anything about? Oh, uh, in the Palmer storyline, Sherry had a conversation with Palmer. That was not really important. I didn't really mention Sherry and Lynn having go on each other. Um, I guess we can quickly talk about Marie here. So, um, Saeed Ali calls Marie and he's basically like, Hey, um, so the three Stooges terrorists, two of them are dead. Only Jim's available now. So they can't get the, the detonator. You've got to go to Frank's locker. Um, do, do whatever you need to. Uh, and and change your appearance. Um, okay, <laughs> so um, you don't want them to recognize you, Marie. <laughs> so I mean, I'm expecting him to show up in like blackface or something like that, but she just puts on a wig. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, I, I love like for whatever reason we've got to show that evil terrorist Marie, who's just murdered her fiance, uh, is willing to sleep around. I love how like everyone like whatever this business is. Like every man's all like, "Hey, a woman, a, a woman." woman. <laughs> like, like no disrespect to Laura Harris, she's a she's an attractive lady, but like, if she's walking into my establishment, I'm not gonna be like, "Hey," I'm just gonna be like, oh, "A woman." Like, I mean, like, like is this just like the most gender male workplace ever that they never see women? Because uh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, hey, hey, like again, I'm not trying to be mean to Laura Harris here, but anyway, so she's all like to this random guy. Hey, so, uh, yeah, broke up with my boyfriend, Frank. Oh, is that why he didn't come into work? Yeah, 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 pretty big fight, pretty big fight. So, need to get something out of his locker. Can't do that. I'll make it worth your while. Okay. And then just goes in and fucks Frank and then um, gets what she needs from the locker. And uh, cool. Um, This guy, he gets the best role in 24. He just gets to have sex. (laughs) 
you know? Who did you play in 24? Guy who got seduced, <laughs> um, you know? And, and so, like, here's my question, all right? Like, let's reverse the roles. I'm thinking Thunderball, Sean Connery, trying to keep that uh, nurse quiet in the sauna. People mm. say that's sexual assault, okay? <laughs> How's this different, huh? Marie wants to get what she yeah. wants. So how is it different, hmm? Is this and not maybe, sexual assault? Maybe he was only doing that because he's like, oh, that poor guy. Oh, this poor girl. You know, I know that Frank's a dick. Uh, I feel really bad for her. And these are under false pretenses. He's seduced. What, how is he? Gonna, we've already established how Jack and Tony are affected by finding out that somebody sleeps with you and then turns out to be a double agent or a liar. This man's going to be affected by this. Not right. He's got trust issues. He's going to find out later on that he fucked a woman that was about to blow up a nuclear bomb in Los Angeles. Like This, this is a reboot and of 24. And he's got a lawsuit on his hand for letting somebody in his locker that's apparently protected well, exactly. under Privacy Act. <laughs> well, in all fairness, this locker. guy should lose his job. I mean, God, if that's all should it takes. I'm, I want to just go to somebody's office. Hey, how you going, Jim? Good, thanks, random guy. <laughs> Oh, locker number 24. I need something out of it. No, I'll have sex with you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's simple. Um, sex and stuff out of locker. Good day for Ben. Um, anything to add on Marie fucking this guy? <laughs> it's like, it's unfortunate because I've always looked back on the season and felt that Marie was kind of a waste. Like, yes, it was a good twist, but you don't look back on season two and be like, oh, Marie, what a character, you know? Uh I always thought she was kind of underwhelming. And then when we got last week's episode, I think part of it was my surprise. Cause uh, as I said last week, I, 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 I look back on this and remembered the reveal of Marie being the woman in the wig takes her wig off. And it's like, it's Marie, <laughs> which, you know, not at all how it happened. It was actually done really well last week. So I came out last week, like, man, maybe I misjudge Marie, but like, they give her such a terrible storyline to follow up with. And they had so much momentum after the Reza killing and just the shock of that. But like, she's breaking into guys locker. Like mm. this is the best. The, the writers this week came up with cougars and torture and lockers. And like, I would love to have been in the writer's room. Like we're going to torture a man. We're going to have a cougar attack him. Okay. Who's got Marie. I'm going to have her break into man's locker. <laughs> All right. With her vagina. <laughs> Literally, she's straddling the locker, and boom, it pops open. Which in that um that link I sent you for Variety or Vulture or whatever it was, I loved how one of the writers was saying that the way we would do things is we would be pitching ideas, and the other writers would be going, "I'm watching, I'm watching," as in that that was their way of saying like, "Okay, this is good." Yeah, you're on to something. (laughs) Sitting there around the table, okay, so Marie, she's wearing a wig. I'm watching. Okay, she goes into a mechanic. I'm watching. All the men are checking around. I'm watching, and she has such a powerful vagina. China, she can open lockers. I'm watching. I'm watching. <laughs> Marie's magic be- <laughs> vagina. I just want to imagine how many other moments in future seasons we can apply to. I'm watching. <laughs> I'm watching here. I'm watching here. Um, you know, the thing that bothers me though is that, like you said, he should be fired or whatever, but like these lockers aren't protected under privacy. I mean, I- I've been in workplaces that have lockers. If they determine they need to go into a locker, they can do it. I don't even think there's a lock on this locker. So is it a locker? Is it a cubby hole? I, I yeah, like I think you've got certain um, jura, jurisdictions or uh, over certain parts of it, right? So, um, but like yeah, this I, is a construction job site, meaning yeah. they don't own this building. They went in here. There's pre-existing lockers. They would say, okay, guys, feel free to use the locker. Really, if anything, should be the issue. It's that he's letting somebody take 
a, a worker's property. You know, yeah. it, forget about it being a lock. I can't go into people's lockers. Well, Those lockers are protected at the Geneva Convention. I, I would I would say, though, that if somebody just randomly walks in and is like, hey, that's my boyfriend's locker. He left something there. Can I have it? Like, I'm going to need a bit more than that. If I'm a manager, I'm going to be like, well, no. Like, you go in there and say, like, oh, my God, like, my husband is a, a terrorist and there's a bomb. It's about to go off in 30 seconds. Okay, well, I'm going to open the locker. Not just, hey, we broke up. Can I suck your dick? Like, I mean, well, it's... it's <laughs> But like, yeah. I, I also just question why this is a storyline and not Marie going in their guns blazing because you think of something like Die, like this actually reminded me a lot of Die Hard, maybe because I watched Die Hard recently. But uh, in Die Colin, Hard, it's not that it's Christmas, is it? <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, I'm just getting a, an 11 month head start on next year's Christmas. Uh, but uh, in Die Hard, you know, the, the, the big, uh, I guess, conflict with the terrorists is that John McClane has their detonators and they need to. OK. We've got the hostages. We've got the building secured. You know, we have all the guns, but he has the detonators. So we just need to get those detonators back. And this thing Marie's stealing is basically the detonators. And I don't see why if they're like, we have to, we're on a timeline here. We're down you know, to the last five hours before this bomb goes off. Get me that detonator. And, and she just goes in and say, hi, can I have the detonator? I'll make it worth your while. Yeah, and you're right because, like, let's be honest, we are only hours away from this, and yeah. it, it, and we still don't feel desperate. Like, even the terrorists should be desperate at this point, you know. Like, it's kind of there, but like, I think what they're trying to do a little bit too much is try to make her like Mandy, like last mm. season. And the difference with Mandy is that, yeah, Mandy used her body, but like, the way Mandy did it was smart. Like, this is just kind of like they they overemphasize sadly going and do whatever you need to yeah. marie that powerful <laughs> vagina of yours perhaps <laughs> like like it's just the way like i reckon what what would make her more of a badass is like literally have a scene of her in the office and then just as you, these guys are like hey 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 i'm fat off but um like she pulls out a gun and kills him and then just grabs yeah. the key like that's what we need like it's like, kind of demeaning to the character of Marie. like this guy could have had erectile dysfunction disorder and then she's there for an hour and a half yeah exactly for him to finish. <laughs> well actually i'm gay uh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like you're right bring him into the office and then all of a sudden slit his throat yeah. and just close the door behind you. Like, because that, no that makes her a badass. That makes her a friend for town. Now you're just kind of cheapening her character by like, oh, she's a woman. So of course oh, she's got to <laughs> use sex to get what she wants. Um, yeah, no, it's like even, I, I like the character Marie. Like we're going to get a great scene with her next week. Um, so I think kind of, there's still some stuff here that's, that's good, but it's just, oh God, it's just, they lumped it all in one episode. Um, even the Jack stuff, which is should be the good stuff, but like, I should mention Marie, Marie took a hard drive out of a computer before. That's maybe important. With her fingerprints all over it now. <laughs> exactly. Um. So Jack's chilling in the car with Kate, and I love it. Like I got to say, Sarah Winter again. Love you. The character of Kate, cool. But there's some stuff that comes from her, which is kind of fucking annoying in this episode. Oh. Like I love this. Like Jack's just like, yeah, we really appreciate you doing this. So why do I have to find you, Sally? I can't tell you. It's national security. I had a guy killed in front of me. My sister didn't get married. You guys are detaining my dad. And I'm a white girl from Pasadena and I'm angry. <laughs> well, with that in mind, there's a nuclear bomb about to go off today. No! Like, I love that the way can't she be is. true. That's impossible. <laughs> I hate them. I hate all of them. It's all Marie's fault. Um, and I just like just the way she actually puts her hand to her mouth, and I love it like when Jack's sort of the other end of the call, when it's like, "Damn it, George, find my daughter!" Like you literally hear Jack saying, "Like, oh, she's my daughter, find her." And then I uh, wouldn't, Kate, what's that about? 
<laughs> and I, I love it. Daughter? Like, I got a daughter. Small world. <laughs> My daughter, she's in trouble. I love Keiko's. Is she involved in this? I would just like, no, she's not your sister. I mean, what? Nothing. <laughs> um, like, I kind of like the setup where, you know, there just happens to be a construction site opposite this mosque. So, you know, Jack's got a little peephole. Should mention Saida Lee sort of, you know, we'll kind of lump in here too. So he's like, hello, brother Jim. G'day, Saeed. How you doing? Brother, yeah, good. Brother Jim I'm Ali. I'm not going to use like a stereotypical um, Muslim You're name. You're really so spooked on that now. <laughs> I'll just say, look, in all fairness, Muhammad is the most common name in the world. So like, let's just call them all Muhammad. Uh, so Muhammad says to Saeed, how you doing, mate? Good, Muhammad. How are you? <laughs> good. Watched the game last night. Yes. Go Team Saudi. Uh, go on and pray. The, Sa- uh, the Saudi Muhammads. <laughs> Saudi United. Um, <laughs> the Saudi Turbans. Oh, can't believe they won. Um, <laughs> they won in extra Allah. Um, so, uh, so they're looking and then Kate, all of a sudden, like Jack's like, yes, we're going to stand here and just watch and see if people come again. Jack's going to utter the phrase about 50 times this episode. We're running out of time yet. You're going to chill here because prayer goes for 45. So we'll just wait. <laughs> Got the binoculars. That's so have you dumb. Come, have you covered all the entrance, Jack? There's only one. You know what they know about mosques. They've only got one entrance. But Jack, there's about seven others at the back. No, no, no. I know my mosques. There's only one entrance. Um, so then Kate comes up with the idea of all like, well, what if I go inside and spot? And Jack's like, I'm not comfortable with that idea. Good old Daniel Day Kim. Good on you, Jin. Coming in here and speaking logic. Jack, she might be right. You're right, future uh, guy on Crash Oceanic 815. <laughs> what? Nothing. Nothing. Uh, <laughs> Don't get in a plane in about uh, 18 months. Um, so when we just get this whole, oh, like, again, I love you, Sarah Winter, but there's something about her annoys me in this episode because I love how she goes into this mosque and here's Muhammad. Welcome to the mosque. Yeah, sorry I'm late. Traffic. You know LA. <laughs> uh, Muhammad's like, have you prayed with us before? Uh, yeah, a long time ago, though. Okay, better you- go pray. You look what? unusually white. Yeah. <laughs> like, why, why do they play this off as so suspicious? I don't get why, like, Muhammad's so suspicious here. Like, like, can't you just be like, no, I've never been here before. Oh, well, welcome. We're we're friendly yeah. Muslims. We're not all terrorists, so come on in and pray. Um, so, like, they're just making this guy suspicious for whatever reason. So then you've got this really weird, long, drawn-out scene where she's literally walking so slow and, like, looking at everyone. She's got a rape whistle ready, ready to go. Um... <laughs> And then, like, seriously, is a Muhammad standing at the curtain going, uh, hey, white lady, woman's room, that way. Come on, <laughs> chop, chop. Allah doesn't wait for anyone. He's waiting for your prayers. Like, and she's just going, it's not that guy. Oh, my God, there's so many Muslims here I don't know. Jack, they're all of them. They're all terrorists. They all look the same. <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> and then she finally sees Syed Ali, to which she's trying to get the rape whistle, drops it, runs out in the alley. <laughs> ah, Jack! It's all right, Kate. It's me. It's me. It's, it reminds you of Gold Knight. It's okay, Natalia. It's Boris. It's Boris. It's Boris. <laughs> and then he's in there. He's in there. Syed Ali. So, okay. I've seen plenty of 24 to know. Like, the other fucking episode when Nina was in there talking to What's-His-Face, they fucking storm everyone and shoot innocent people everywhere. Yeah. Jack's all like, okay, back to surveillance. Like, <laughs> storm the building! Uh, like, and then Jack's basically saying, okay, we're looking for a Middle Eastern man in his 30s in a black shirt. <laughs> everyone in that building is a Middle Eastern man in their 30s in their black <laughs> shirt. <laughs> Fuck's sake, Jack. Uh, so the rest of this is them waiting, to which all of a sudden it's like, no one's coming out. I'm Kate, like, I can't see them. And then Jack, suspicious Jack, are you telling me the truth? Damn it! 
It's like, I'm telling you the truth. Why would you think I'm not? <laughs> it's like, all right, damn it. Uh, storm the building. And this is where I want like Daniel Day Kim to be like, are you sure you didn't check one of those back entrances? Shut up, Daniel Day Kim. <laughs> I told you they don't have back entrances. Baker. Against, uh, against their religion. <laughs> well, it is. Um, so I love it when they go in here. And you've got um, other Muhammad, friendlier Muhammad, good Muhammad, non-suspicious Muhammad. It's all like, oh, what are you talking about? There's no one else in here. And uh, Jack's like, um, I'm here to search as a terrorist. And Muhammad's like, do you have a warrant? And like, convenient, Jack. Yes, I do. Like, oh, you've come prepared, Jack. Um, and all of a sudden, we hear this woof. And Colin's favourite scene of the episode, we've got Burning Man. <laughs> Should mention Jack mentions uh Jack drops four damnets in this episode, which is a record. This is an equal first for most damnets we get in an episode. To which I love them like putting this guy out, calls up like George and's like, yes, I at least set himself on fire. Oh well. <laughs> and then the big cliffhanger of this episode is Jack like literally going, wait a minute, this man's pants are too short. That's not Saeed Ali. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? What if he just wears capris? Like, they might not even be short. <laughs> what if they're three quarters, Jack? Like, what like, if they shrunk from the heat? You know how you solve this? And this might sound racist, but bear with me. Have this guy be black and not from the burns. Like, say the fire hasn't consumed his feet. So, like, you literally see this is a black man. This guy's African-American. It's not Sayyid Ali. Like, there's your symbol. Or have it be We're- a woman. Like we're looking for a man that kind of resembles Anthony Quinn. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Like, and I also one thing which is an issue with this week and next week. Why is Kate just allowed to hang around? Kate just walks in and sees burnt body. Ah, burnt body. Like worst government agents ever. Like just letting random civilians. Again, we don't know. She's not a terrorist. Mm-hmm. Um, bad cliffhanger. And I'm sorry. Like even the the cougar might be the best part of this episode, Colin. <laughs> it, yeah, actually, I have a theory on that when we get to it. Um, I mean, there's so little to like here. I, I Kind of like uh, I was saying with some of the other storylines earlier, like I, I I almost like where they're going with it, like with Palmer, hmm. you know, rushing to judgment. They the all idea have potential. Of, yeah, like the idea of Kate going in there and her fumbling around with stuff like that I like. They, they, they play up the fact that she's inexperienced and that this is their only – uh, option that they have. Okay, we got to send in the, the 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 pretty white lady from Pasadena. Pretty white lady our, command. Yeah, pretty white lady. Give me pretty white lady. Light, light, wait. That, that girl. Pasadena <laughs> command. The one hiding around Aussie The Pumadol, Elvis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, like, it's, it's a great idea, but it's just, there's certain things that should be brought up that aren't. Like, the fact is she mentioned earlier on, she only remembers two phrases. <laughs> uh, and one of them she just uses when she comes here with an accent. Just, uh, well, I, I can't remember what she said. I'm not going to try to. Al-Akbar. Sure. Al-Akbar, yeah. <laughs> she comes in, oh, Al-Akbar. And then all of a sudden <laughs> it's like, so uh, I was just in the neighborhood and thought I would check it. Like, there are so many red flags. She's like, Don't worry, I'll wear the, whatever that thing is, the the wrap. Um, hijab. Hijab. The hijab, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll wear the hijab. They'll, they'll never know. <laughs> She walks in there. She's face to face with this guy. They can see her blue eyes, her white skin, and her Pasadena accent coming from underneath. She's listening to Katy Perry. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. And meanwhile, they're doing this whole thing of her being, oh, yeah, I, I 
been a long time since I've been here. How, how you been? You kind of look familiar. Uh, is the uh, the women's room still in that area the, over that that way, right? Okay, I'll just be over there. Just don't mind me. This pen here, um, I, it's it's nothing. Just ignore the pen. You don't even see it. Like, okay, do a little bit more. That have the guy looking more suspicious, but he's not suspicious of her at all until he finds her hanging out outside the men's room or whatever and dropping her pen and fumbling with it, like. This guy should be making a big deal out of it, but I, I wish that they'd executed it better because it's such a great idea and it does still make sense in this part of the story. Unlike the detaining and torturing uh, poor Roger Stanton, this makes sense that she is the only person that could possibly identify him. Yeah. Uh, but Jack contradicting himself is what bothers me the most because we literally hear him say, we're running out of time. And in the exact same scene, he's like, all right, we'll wait for the prayer service to end. <laughs> the, the bomb is might be. <laughs> I just wanted to go off. Well, they're looking through the yeah. binoculars. What's that noise? Ah, yeah. shit! <laughs> That's a nuclear bomb. It's just awful, and yeah, the thing with the guy burning. Like, <laughs> I, again, the idea behind it, Syed Ali is gonna figure out how to get out of this. He's gonna burn somebody. You know, he changes his clothes, but it's not even just the small pants, which is of all clues. Like, yeah, make it anything else. Like, you could even have Jack say, listen, he might still be out there until we can identify this body. You know, have it be anything but just, oh, the pants are too short by three inches. A lot of people wear short pants, okay? It's California. I mean, he should be. Yeah, he should be wearing short pants. Who wants to be wearing baggy pants in California in the summer? Uh, when we get to next week, it's going to be even more illogical. Sayadali's plan to put on my pants. <laughs> put your pants back on. <laughs> it's just, it's not good. Nobody's good here. Everybody's trying their hardest, but they got nothing to work with. So yeah, it's- bring on the cougar. They said, bring on the cougar. Bring on the cougar. Um, one quick bring thing you should also, also mention, um, just like it was in uh, day one, Los Angeles, uh, the sun sets very quickly. Uh, yes. <laughs> you look outside, daylight looks like, oh, it's not already. Oh, it's fucking quick here in LA. Um, all right, so <laughs> save the best for last. <laughs> Holy crap. So um, basically we get one scene sort of of Kim at the beginning where the, the cops are there to fill the car and uh, here's Alicia Cuthbert, braless again, um, just running through the uh, the forest. And again, how inept are these cops? Like, surely they've been like they've gotten here, right? They know that they've got two prisoners. Are they not straight away like going? Oh, one of them's escaped, wanted for murder. Search the forest. She couldn't have gotten far. She made the phone call like seven minutes ago. Like I watched the fugitive. I want to search every outhouse, dog house, in house, outhouse, pet house. Like where's Cougar Tommy house. Lee? Cougar house. Um, so basically all we get from that point from Kim is a little boxes, like every single, you know, ad break. You, I don't know about you. Whenever I used to watch this show, well, I always used to like, when you come back from an ad break and you get the three little panels, I'd always focus on one and go, is that the one that they're going to cut to next? <laughs> and then I was always wrong. So I kept looking at Kim's here and, uh, Kim, you know, but the one Kim scene we get, so she's trouncing through the forest and we hear some noises. Oh, what is it? Maybe is it the cops who's afterwards? It's a cougar. Here it is. It's not uh, It's not Courtney Cox from Cougar Town. It's uh, an actual cougar to which Kim is scared. So she's, you're not meant to run from a cougar, aren't you? Like, aren't you meant to, what are you meant to do with a cougar? Stare it in the eyes. Growl because back. I don't know. 
They're, they're, they're like, apparently I was told when I was living in Canada that like you don't see a cougar until it's too late because you kind of feel like you're being watched and the whole thing is they're stalking you. So like they're creeping up on you, right? So uh, this cougar sucks at his job. Uh, <laughs> to which then Kim, of course, gets caught in a trap. Of course she does. Caught in a trap. <laughs> no, no, no. Suspicious, <laughs> ma. <laughs> to which, why doesn't this cougar attack? Like, oh, Just calm down. We'll get to the problems of this in a moment. To which Kimmy's caught this trap, and then you see the cougar up on the rock, lion kinging it. Um, the circle of life. Simba. Simba. Remember who you are. Cut to a. And the only other scene we get later on is Kim stuck in a trap. That's it. That literally Kim scene. Now, why didn't we do this at the beginning? Why? If people are listening to this, going, like, why are they going about the cougar? Pretty much the most infamous twenty-four scene. This this was just peak dumbness when it comes to this show. Uh, this got ripped apart this episode and this is where the character of Kim just got torn apart. She was basically listed on um like TV guide as the the number one character you most want to hate and all this kind of stuff because even the writers admit in that article I can read what I've got in the official guide that they just didn't know what to do with Kim. And essentially every week they just, you know, well, what the fuck are we going to do? So the, on that article that I sent you, they're basically saying like, oh, well, we kind of need to have like a domestic situation with her. So we're going to put her in peril somewhere. So, hey, how about she's getting stalked by a cougar? And initially there was meant to be a lot more scenes of this around Alicia Cuthbert and this cougar because this was a trained cougar. But essentially Alicia Cuthbert came to work that day sick. Uh, and it's a, a thing where you've got to meet the animal. Animal handlers in Hollywood will always be like, meet the animal first so, you know, you can get to know them. Lisa Cusper didn't want to do it, but they did it anyway. And because she was sick and nervous, basically this cougar sensed fear, so it bit Alicia Cuthbert. Uh, she had to go to hospital because she was bleeding. So therefore they were like, oh, okay. So they brought the cougar back on set the next day, to which this cougar obviously did not like Alicia Cuthbert. And as Alicia Cuthbert said, I think she said, oh, it tasted blood, so it hated me. So they couldn't do any scenes of them together. So if you watch this, all scenes of them are kind of cut apart. So they never. So they obviously had to scrap the whole idea behind, you know, maybe some more tense scenes around this. But in a way, I'm kind of glad they did because, like, I mean, this is bad enough, but I don't want to see Kim, like, chasing, chasing, and then what is she, like, lock it in the, in the trap or something like that. But, like, it's just the, the problem with this, among many things, is, again, it's Kim's in danger again. Okay, here we go again. But, like, you literally have her caught in a trap, caught in a trap, uh, <laughs> a cougar looking at her, you know, ah, the fun, yeah, Lion King, cut to an ad, that's it. Cougar disappears, that's... What is the point? What is the deal with the cougar? And, like, this has just became a butt of all jokes. Like, literally yeah. even Kiva Sutherland in later seasons would be asked about the cougar. And the <laughs> cougar would always be referenced if basically if they were going too far. This is 24's version of jumping the shark. It is mm-hmm. the cougar. Um, and it is something that fans just hated. Like, it is seriously the number one thing. Even on our reunion we did, we brought up the cougar. <laughs> like, honest to God, cougar is just synonymous with 24. I worked for a hockey team in in Victoria called the Cougars. I could not help but think of 24. Um, <laughs> even on uh, Alicia Cuthbert did uh, Happy, Happy Endings. Endings. They literally wrote into the script a joke about the cougar, which I loved reading Alicia Cuthbert's reaction saying that she loved it. So even Alicia Cuthbert, I think, kind of laughs about it now. But it is it is one of those things that I will admit for a long time I was kind of like, it's not that bad. Like, mm-hmm. okay. I, like, even when I was with you, I was like, when I watched it, I was like, okay. So there was a cougar. That was it. It's kind of a blink and you miss it thing. But 
when you do kind of really analyze it and you work out things and you just kind of, you realize how kind of pointless Kim's storylines can be, particularly mm-hmm. in season two, this just takes the cake. Although I will admit, what's his face that we get next week? Semi-famous guy, uh, her being stuck in a cabin with him kind of oh, breaks yeah. on my <laughs> nerves a little bit. But um, this is peak dumbness when it comes to 24. And this, I'm saying like, even if you think to Jack Bauer's family in season six, I don't think you get any dumber than this is, this is stupid. This really is stupid. Like I was exactly like you. I think even earlier this season, I said, you know, maybe when we get, uh, there was another moment where I'm like, this might be worse than the Cougar. We'll have to see when we get there. Uh, and I've been doubting whether this is just something that's so overblown. Cause I remembered the Cougar thing just being like, Oh, that was pointless. Like, why did they do that? Uh, but it is such a blink and you miss it moment uh, and it amounts to nothing. But there are so many things that are wrong with this. The biggest problem. Well, let me get through the things that are the, the minor problems here. OK, so minor problem. Uh, the randomness of Kim meets a cougar. <laughs> That's a minor problem in the, the grand scheme of things. Minor problem. It is shot really poorly, which we know now is because of the accident on set and the fact they couldn't put them on screen together. So it's a very clearly edited as, oh, as if you shot these things separately, like let's shoot a cougar and then let's insert stock footage into the movie. Like, like the, the shark attack in Jaws, uh, mm. the underwater shark attack where it's like, oh yeah, we actually had some footage, but then we had to figure out how to edit together with Richard Dreyfuss and it was difficult. Um, those are the minor issues. The major issue is everything that preceded the cougar. This is just like, it's the jump the shark moment. It is the face the cougar moment. This is jumping the shark. We have sat through two seasons of Kim getting into one problem after another, after another. And you could deal with it in season one because they all, they had something to do there. It, it was tied into the plot to a certain extent. And they had the patience to pay it off over several weeks. You know, the, the, the kidnapping stuff with Dan and Rick. That took a couple weeks till they got there. And then her being in prison with Terry, that was a couple weeks. And then, you know, her getting mixed up with Rick and the, the, the drug bust, that's a couple weeks. The prison stuff's a couple weeks. But this whole season, it just screams of we had no idea what to do, but the producers told us we have to keep Kim involved every week. Mm. Normally on 24, you will have two to three episode arcs where like, for example, we're in the middle right now of, Oh, Kate is looking for Syed Ali. This, this thing of Kate's going to tell them about Syed Ali. Then Kate's going to help them find Syed Ali. And then we're going to get the information out Syed Ali. That's three episodes. It's not literally a show where you have one story told over 24 episodes with Kim up until this point, it has been a two episode arc. We're going to have two episodes of them being in handcuffs. We're going to have two episodes of them escaping from the hospital in Miguel's karate. Uh, (laughs) This is like, we're going to have one scene in an episode that has no lead up in the episode before, other than the fact that she's running through the woods and it has no follow through other than she's stuck in a trap. So the audience is already getting annoyed with Kim's in trouble again. They're getting even more annoyed with the the fact that it's something different every two weeks. And now we're going to have one storyline that is just in a small section of the episode. And it is the most random thing in the world, which is a cougar. She comes face to face with, and then it amounts to nothing. Like I would have rather, maybe I wouldn't have, but but I feel like in a way this would have been easier to accept if something happened with the cougar. It is still going to be the jump the shark moment because it is a cougar 
attacking Kim or, or almost attacking Kim in the middle of the, the desert. But it's the fact that really nothing happens. If the cougar had growled more, if the cougar had lunged at her and she dove out of the way, like there are a million ways you could have made this work. But they literally said, you know what? We give up. Like it's, it's like the, the they went from we're watching, we're watching to all right. And then they got on set and, you know, Gil Grant or whoever the, and whoever the director are, they're like, oh, we got to do this cougar thing. The network said, get Kim involved. Oh, okay. Oh, great. The cougar bit Alicia. All right. Let's just shoot the, uh, let's just be done with it. I want to never hear the word cougar again. Shoot the cougar for 10 seconds. Shoot Kim for 10 seconds. It's in the episode. Let's be done with it. Like, I feel like even in shooting this, they just gave up and said, we don't care anymore. Let's just yeah. stop putting Kim in these storylines. I think the issue is, is like, again, it all comes down to the fact you've got to have Kim in there somewhere. Like literally the other week, we just had a phone call of them getting pulled over right, right at the end, right? It's like, why don't you bring Kevin Dillon in a week earlier? And just have a mm-hmm. bump into him and he's the mystery. Like, who's this random guy in the forest? And then they come across a cougar. Yeah. And then it's kind of like, oh, like, I've got a gun, bang, rah, 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 runs away. Quick, we he better get say, back to the heart. Look it in the eye, you know? Yeah, exactly. And then that's just had mystery man, you know? And, like, it just it just doesn't make sense here. I, I will say that I still, my least favorite storyline of 24 is still Terry has amnesia. But this would still probably be the next one. And it's not even a storyline. It's a yeah. one-scene thing. Like, like, it literally it, is a one-scene thing. It is one scene that leads to a storyline that's also kind of cringeworthy. Mm. But because it because it follows the cougar, the, the storyline of guy in the cabin in the middle of nowhere, actually, I feel like, improves my opinion of Kim's story arc this season. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. Um, I do love the trivia on IMDb. This was the only episode of 24 in which a mountain lion appears. Thanks, IMDb. <laughs> Glad you're there to give us some trivia they, on that. They blacklisted the cougar after it almost tried to kill poor <laughs> yeah, that, that cougar never worked again. Yeah. All right? It was <laughs> like, it was like work in this town again. And it's not even the cougar's fault. Let's, that cougar is the Janet Jackson of TV, <laughs> right? It wasn't Janet Jackson's fault that a boob came out. She got all the crap. Hashtag free Janet Jackson, all right? And I'm saying it now, hashtag free the cougar. Not the cougar's fault. Even when Cougar Town got it, couldn't even get cast as a yeah. cougar and coo- you think about today, like oh, we can't dare cast a you know the Simpsons. Only black actors will voice black characters. Only mm. Indian characters will voice Indian characters. Well, why in Cougar Town did cougars not play cougars? <laughs> you know what? When a cougar appeared on the Simpsons, they cast Dan Castellaneta to voice the cougar. This <laughs> exactly. cougar could have had that job. Exactly, that poor what cougar. Where's it behind Eddie- the, behind the, t- the the tape? The cougar story. <laughs> Eddie Redmayne and Scarlett Johansson ended up taking all the cougar roles that the cougars could have played. Eddie, Eddie Redmayne dressed up in high heels and lipstick. <laughs> Hello, I'm a cougar. Um, you should see Benedict Cumberbatch play a cougar now. That man can play a cougar. He's a chameleon when it comes to cougars. Um, yeah, I think I might be pinning this episode. Uh, <laughs> you think? Maybe. And, like, the Difficult. weird thing is... You could take the cougar out of this episode and it's still a bin. Yeah. I mean, almost you could rank the the, the scenes of this and the cougar's not the worst. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is the thing. It really is a bad episode. And, like, if this was in, like, episode 24 of season one, you'd be like, oh, just fuck the cougar. The rest is so good. Like, there's nothing redeeming in this episode. Mm-hmm. So, I yeah, bin and it's my lowest ranked. Easy. <laughs> Uh, well, actually, um, I'll be slightly more kind, like I said, because it's not going to be my lowest ranked, um, but it is a bin for me. 
Uh, I'm putting it my third lowest ranked episode. So I have wow. episode 11. Uh, that's the, oh, that's this one. Never mind. All right. So there we go. I have episode 14 from season one, and I have episode eight, which I absolutely hated from this season lower. But that's one really, I liked. I think, yeah. <laughs> well, there it goes to show. Uh, but, uh, uh, but like the really the problem here is that I feel like in that writer's room, everybody was saying, I'm watching, I'm watching. Uh, and they thought we're going to have this massive scene with the cougar and this is going to be all of our action because they do structure shows like this. Like you can't have four storylines going on and all four are massive explosions and torture and everything. Like you have to pick some moments for the audience to come down and to, to have a pee break, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I feel like they wrote this episode expecting the cougar was going to steal the show and then they got on set and they got in post-production like oh i really wish we'd done something else with these other characters and and this is the issue to like yeah because i mean at the end of the day like i know you got main cast and that sort of stuff but like again as we've always said the only person who needs to be in every episode is keith sutherland like mm-hmm. we see it with a lot of tv shows where just because your main cast doesn't mean you're in every single episode matthew fox is not in every single episode of lost but he's still the yeah. main star of lost you know, Penny Johnson Gerald is credited as a main cast member of this season, but she's only in it for half the season. So, I mean, you can do that with Kim. Like, just have an episode where you just see her in the boxes in the in the bush or something, and then at the end she bumps into Kevin Dillon. I do, I do love in the official guide. So they have like a t- uh, like a time frame key event sort of thing, and it's sort of you know, so six p.m. Kim escapes into the forest. Six oh five, Jack tells blah blah blah. blah. So I love here six thirty three p.m. Jack thanks Kate for her help, and the team preps to apprehend Ali, a cougar in the woods, stalks Kim. <laughs> Um, and I just want to read so this, even in, this is the official companion. This is like officially produced for 24. So it even pretty much bags out the Cougar, cougar storyline in this. <laughs> the much lamented Cougar storyline lives in infamy as one of the least successful uses of Kim Bao in the show. Joel Cernow readily admits it wasn't their finest moment, but he details the context of the story's development. We wanted to keep Kim in play because we love Alicia. We struggled so much with Kim that season because we didn't have an organic place to her for her to be. Every story needs to be suspen- suspenseful element to it, and so we put her in a domestic suspense thriller. We took her out of the house and it meandered about and ended up in the infamous cougar chasing her. Critics were merciless and Cernow says candidly, we probably deserved it. I mean, it was one shot and it sort of became legendary by the time we got it done. We freely admitted to ourselves that it was probably not the best thing for our show to have characters who are not involved in the main terrorist plotline. One thing that I wish uh, on our reunion, and maybe if we ever get John Kazar back on the show, is he said in that reunion, like, I don't get the big deal. Like, the cougar, not the battle. I would literally like to be just like, tell us, why Why do you think the, mm-hmm. the cougar scene is not that bad? Because I, I appreciate it when you can get someone like Joel Surnow coming out and saying, like, yeah, we kind of <laughs> fucked up. You know, so, like, I, I'm all for defending your art, and that's fine. Like, I, Listen I, I to Ben pre- talk about Die Another Day and you'll know. <laughs> exactly. I mean, if we ever, you know, do get Lee Tamhori on the show, defend his art. Um, I mean, I watched that uh, Die Another Day on that uh, song ranking UK thing that Noah sent recently from a few years ago, and they had one of the writers of Die Another Day on there, and he basically, like, you know, gave his spiel about, like, look, it was this was the, the idea. Madonna wanted to literally go, like, I want this to cause, you know, people to talk. I'm not going to play it safe. So, And she owns it, whether you agree with it or not. So I appreciate it when people then can go, like, okay, I was wrong. So one day I'm going to go, yeah, I was wrong. The Oz Network Survivor Oz, they sucked. Um, she never have done them. Colin, bad hire. Uh, yeah, I own the that. the Cougar. The Cougar. That's a winner. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, look, it, 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 it is bad. And this episode is bad. So, um, 
But we're done. No more cougars. No. As IMDb says, it's the only time it ever appears in 24. <laughs> so this is our backdoor pilot for Cougar Town coming 2025. <laughs> uh, next week, we'll reach the halfway point of season two. Got to say, not the best episode, but there's a couple of standout scenes in it, which I think saves it from being as bad as this week. So um, I've marked down two potential top five moments, which I don't think mm-hmm. will make it. Um, but yeah, I think we've got a lot next week when it comes to saving it from being a a rubbish episode. And we also get the episode of hats next week. Look out for a couple of standout fedoras worn by two characters next week, which, uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited for fedora episode of, of 24. Yeah, you're going to love it because I know your appreciation for film noir. Uh, we're going to get a nice film hey, noir scene next week. It's, it's my new thing. 2022, Ben's love of film noir. Noir, noir, noir. <laughs> more. More, 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 era. <laughs> more, uh, more, more noir. More noir. More noir. I'm Cage. Um, that's next week. <laughs> Do all the stuff at the end of this episode. Listen to Breaking Bad and, and Lost is returning soon. So uh, stay tuned for that. My name is Ben, and I've got looked in the wrong page. Hang on a second. Let's try that again. Uh, My name is Ben. I was looking at next week's quotes. My name is Ben, and you're not a member of my staff. You're not a government employee, and you're not my wife. (laughs) And my name is God. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at the Oz network.net thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time like exclusive stuff yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. (laughs)